Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Eric Eager. I have had no bourbon today, unlike last Tuesday. I'm joined by my colleague and good friend, Ben Brown. We're going to talk today about the remaining games in action. Thursday night college football and Friday night college football. We are currently in in the pangs of Tuesday night action here. I think we're going to get the under in the Ohio game. Currently watching Miami of Ohio versus Buffalo. I don't know about this one so much, but Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, we have football coming up, college football basically every night of the week. We have the Masters, and of course, we have Week 10 NFL. So I don't know. This is like the peak uh, for degeneracy, gambling, betting, everything you want to go for it. So uh, what more could you really ask for at this point in November? Yeah, my friend uh, Dan Chan on Twitter, who I, you know I think is a, pro- a professional, uh, you know, even has I think runs his own book, was like, "Can you tweet this out? You know, this this Masters thing. Can you join this pool?" I go, "Dude, I don't bet golf. You know, I bet what Ben bets." And then I, you know, and at the same time, like maybe the last the last time I bet golf, it was you know Tiger to win outright. The last time he played, I believe it was the Masters as well, uh, and we ended up winning that. But yeah, I'm not a golf guy at all you know and he, and now that football's here i don't even want the sweat frankly um but yeah it, it, it'll be uh, a good weekend um uh all around independent of what you like but let's let's talk about football so tomorrow um you know we have eastern michigan at ball state we have central michigan at northern illinois and then we have uh, toledo our, our our buddy bruce's toledo rockets at the western michigan broncos some value on this game. We have more value on Maction this week than we did last week, starting with a team that got us to the window on the opening line, not the closing line last week. Eastern Michigan, they're eight and a half point underdogs at Ball State. Ball State, who lost outright to Miami last week. Um, we have Eastern Michigan. We like them plus eight, the eight and a half points, and also plus 265 on the money line. What say you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an interesting spot. I'm a little bit uh, maybe perplexed could be the correct terminology. I'm not quite sure, but it feels like I'm maybe missing something at this point in time. Uh, I'm seeing Eastern Michigan, like you said, at eight and a half. I've seen it out to nine, nine and a half in certain spots already. So for some reason, uh, the market is really inclined to lean towards Ball State in this matchup, which I'm not too sure why that's actually occurring. I think Preston Hutchinson had, you know, a high quality game last week in his first week with Max, and he has a, a better PFF grade so far than Drew Plett. Um, you know, pretty decent, positively graded throw percentage, uh, decent average depth of target higher than Drew Plitt as well so I don't know it seems like just based on our one week sample last week that we're probably getting the better quarterback here as an eight and a half point uh, dog at this point in time so I don't know I mean our offensive grades we weren't we aren't really too high on Ball State either um, in that regard so I don't know it feels like I'm almost kind of nervous because it seems like there's I'm missing something at this point in time but I really like Eastern Michigan here at eight and a half I do think it could get all the way up to nine nine and a half at certain books as well obviously any of those are going to be valuable but um, maybe you want to wait just a little bit closer to game time you probably get a nine and a half I doubt we see ten but yeah I do think this is definitely a goal spot for Eastern Michigan the Eagles at this point I mean is there is there something you're seeing on Ball State that I could be missing at this point in time well, no, and, and Eastern Michigan was really – they were a game – you know, they, they gave Kent State a game. Kent State uh, looking very good today against Bowling Green uh, as 20-and-a-half-point favorites. But I think there, the, the issue might just be simply what? Like, there's COVID cases, right? Like, we've seen right. that happen 
all around. That could be and, something we're missing, right? Yeah. Right, and and I think you know some of the people have you know you know on gambling Twitter, gambling in general, have said you know one of the things to do if that's the case is wait it out a little bit, right? We saw it with Alabama against Georgia, right? They were six, got down to four because of the COVID cases. And then, you know, when the COVID cases got resolved, it went back to six. You might be getting value here. You know, there that might be the situation. I don't think that there's anything on Ball State's end from a, you know, brilliant standpoint as to why they're favored here. Um, home field advantage is also just reduced both at the NFL level and college football. So the, there's also that. We have that in our model. That might be what's tipping us again towards eastern michigan um, but this is a i think a good spot uh, to look total on this game 61 we don't like either side of that um, but a but a good one i think in so far um, you know as taking the underdog we've seen it tonight you know the underdog in in ohio you know was a pretty live one and you know miami is a live one here as well in buffalo so um yeah i i, I like that i i like you know you know holding your nose going ahead and taking the dog here um, another game that we have, you know, we see some value here um, on an underdog. Uh, Northern Illinois at home against Central Michigan. Um, Central Michigan favored by seven and a half. Two forty on the money line is kind of where we like Northern Illinois, and also total fifty-eight and a half. We see a pretty significant edge on the under here. Uh, what say you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that all of our, you know, predictions in each market kind of align from that perspective. So if we have, you know, a game where we're leaning towards the under, the market movement has already gone in that direction. I think it opened up at 60s, moved down to 58, 58 and a half. Um, from that direction, we're kind of getting an indication that, you know, this game could potentially play closer than what the spread currently dictates. Um, with that in mind, I do kind of like, you know, Northern Illinois on that long shot plus 240 bet. I do think they're definitely uh, the correct side. Ross Bowers, again, you know, better PFF grade than Daniel Richards last week. Um, neither team really had a decent EPA per pass attempt, but, um, you know, Northern Illinois was able to move the football, um, you know, more rushing than they than passing last week. So from that perspective, I don't know. I do really like uh, what Northern Illinois is going to bring to the table here. I do think that uh, the correct approach is probably to bet on the money line as opposed to getting it down to seven and a half which has kind of moved just a little bit in northern illinois direction after the open i do think it was right around five to open saw it all the way up to eight it's kind of been bought back a little bit um for northern illinois at this point in time so um from that perspective i am kind of leaning towards the money line at this point i don't know if i feel as great about the under but um you know kind of what we're seeing with maction happening tonight tuesday night uh, a lot of these games are looking like they're probably going to be under fest. So maybe, the, you know, outside of the one weeks we saw in week one where it was kind of an over fest, uh, we could see, you know, some slow down play here, which I think could definitely help a lot of the unders that we're going to see coming up here on Wednesday night. Yeah, we got the under in the Toledo game last week, but the Buffalo game uh, was, over, was way over. over City, I think, you know, by a decent number of defensive touchdowns, but also just that game played that way as well. Um you know, speaking of Toledo, you know, we don't really see much, uh, you know, in the way of, of action here. Um, you know, Western Michigan hosting Toledo, they're three-point favorites. Our number is more like 3.6, which, again, given sort of the probability concentration on three, not really an edge here. If I had to lean aside, I would I would lean Western Michigan, um, but that's just, again, um, you know, you know you're, you're just betting for action there, which is probably fine. Um, but but just beware there. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, they call it Maxion for a reason, so I think you're obviously 
wanting action if you're getting in on any of that action. So I don't know. I like Caleb Elby. He had a decent game last week. He had a higher PFF grade than Eli Peters. Uh, deep, deep, pretty deep average depth of target. And, you know, we saw his receivers kind of convert a lot of those air yards into receiving yards, which I think is only going to benefit this offense and, um, you know, better and more long-term. So from that perspective, I would definitely lean towards Western Michigan. Uh, we'll see if it actually gets out any further. I saw it at minus two, minus two and a half. We do have it, have it all the way out to three, but I do think there's probably still some rogue minus 2.5. So I think from that perspective, if you do have um, – one of those numbers we did have value on western michigan at minus two and a half so i think this number has basically moved since we um not necessarily since we started the podcast but basically within the last hour so if your book's kind of lagging behind i do think minus 2.5 is definitely a go spot for western michigan minus three uh doesn't feel as good but i still honestly don't really hate it even though it's not really a value opportunity from a green line perspective yeah, it's all about getting that number before things move. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you miss out on it. But, you know, that's, you know, again, in college football, there's no shortage of games where there will be some, you know, some subset of value on plays. Okay, Thursday night football. This week in the NFL, we're going to get a good game, I think, in Indianapolis versus Tennessee. Go ahead and look at NFL Green Line if you want to look at anything there. There will also be a ton of props, George. Uh, you know, I, I think the two of us, will be on that uh, prop show uh, prior to that game. But we're going to focus here on college. The Colorado State Rams, a team, by the way, that got us to the window last week um, as underdogs. Um, a team that we that uh, got us to, yeah, I believe got us to the window against Wyoming, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, here, they're 14-point underdogs in Boise. I think that's a little high, but where we really see value again is on the under here, 62 um, in Boise, Idaho on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, basically, I think the numbers kind of inflated based on the last two week performances that Boise State had. Of course, they gave up 51 points to BYU last Friday night. Uh, their previous game before that was basically like a 79, 80 point shootout between Air Force and them, which you wouldn't really uh, project Air Force to actually be able to put up that many points on Boise State, but I don't know. I'm still kind of perplexed by the quarterback situation. I thought we were going to see more Hank Bashmere. He's kind of been, um, you know, not really there. They've kind of split three ways with quarterbacks. They have Cade Fennigan, Hank Bashmere, Jack Sears. I think Jack Sears has kind of been the latest addition uh, that's gotten the most snaps. If it was Hank Bashmere, I'd probably not be a fan of Colorado State, but um, at 14 points, I definitely think you're getting getting close to the point where they could offer value i don't think we're going to see it move off of this number um but i would potentially be waiting for an opportunity to potentially get colorado state if they gained you know another hook basically to 14 and a half or something like that i do think that we'd probably see some value open up on green line i don't mind patrick o'brien what he brings to the table for colorado state um you know he had, they have a pretty decent epa per pass time i think it's right around 0.25 um, which is at least respectable of college football standards so uh, he's doing it, you know, on a little bit lower average depth of target, but I do still think that they could potentially um, somewhat keep pace, especially since our model already leans towards the under. Um, I do think that this game could play a lot closer than what the current spread actually dictates. So from that perspective, I would probably lean towards Colorado State, even at 14. Uh, but I, I honestly don't really mind the under at this point in time. I do think that the market's getting a little overinflated um, on the Broncos' ability on offense. Of course, they only scored 17 points against BYU last week, but um, they have some previous offensive explosions basically coming up here in the previous two weeks against Utah State and Air Force. So I think that's obviously driving this number uh, a little bit higher than what it actually should be at this point in time. So 
that from that perspective, I do think under is probably a decent play coming up here on Thursday. But like Eric said, I think, you know, the Thursday night football props could even be more profitable than this. So this might be just a little bit of a, you know, extra cheddar on top at this point in time. Yeah, weather in Boise on Thursday, 34, wind about 10 miles per hour. There's snow and rain in the forecast almost every day from here until Sunday. So I think that that's playing in to our projection of under, um, you know, two touchdowns a quarter probably as much as you can ask out of a college team when there's weather, uh, especially one like Wyoming, who I think's defense is fairly good, um, you know, and, and Boise, you know, still sort of reeling, I think, from losing the John Hightowers of the world. Okay, let's go to Friday here. Now, Ben, your Minnesota Golden Gophers, mm. a lot of COVID cases, right? Like, do we even talk about this game? I mean, we do see some value on under 58, although they're, they're, we saw value on their under last week, and that did hit uh, against Illinois and Josh or Matt or Bebe, who was in a lot of your DFS lineups. Um, I just wanted to say his name because it's a great uh, gotcha. football name. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the under here is what we like at 58, um, you know, a little bit of a lean towards Minnesota ATS because the Hawkeyes are three and a half point favorites and frankly should probably not be. Um, but Minnesota has lost to Maryland, but Maryland's beat Penn State, you know? So there, there's a decent amount here. Uh, there's a decent amount of uncertainty in the Big Ten. Add to that the COVID cases that the Gophers have. Are you even going to touch this game? I mean, it's definitely a situation where I don't really want to lock in anything until probably Friday afternoon, which wouldn't typically be the case for basically wagering on anything. But 2020 is ushering ushering in a new normal, also for betting purposes. So I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit of a homer, but this you know Minnesota money line basically break even value percentages at plus 145. I'm kind of uh, at least going to keep my eye on here for Friday night. I think if things break right Wednesday and Thursday, it's definitely a situation where I still like Tanner Morgan um, as the better quarterback than Spencer Pratras. They've had, what, their EPA per pass attempt for Iowa basically to start the season negative 0.34. Uh, they're getting it done uh, running the football, which, you know, obviously – Minnesota has been pretty bad offensively. I guess they were okay against Illinois last week, but uh, you know, we saw what happened when they played Michigan, um, you know, and maybe some COVID situation played into that. Of course, PJ flex kind of keeping that close to the vest. So uh, we probably won't get a ton of information until even potentially pregame warmups, but I may feel that I feel like I'm a little bit of a homer for it, but I do kind of like Minnesota in this spot to finally, you know, rebound, get a first signature win for the big 10 here. Um, that's kind of my perspective, but I could easily be swayed out of it just based on the fact that I'm a little bit higher on the Gophers than uh, what I should be at this point in time because I definitely backed them against Michigan and uh, kind of got handed to me at that point in time. So, No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. 
Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Yeah, Iowa's not very good, but again, I think with the Big Ten, you really got to think about COVID situations and with the, the you know, the basically the data, unlike the NFL, not standardized at all, it's really hard for me to sort of buy into the information. You know, there's sort of an information edge there that's tough. Um, okay, FAU, a team we faded last week, go on the road, has eight and a half point favorite. We actually liked Western Kentucky, two straight weeks, they push against BYU, they almost went out right against FAU, but anyway, they still covered the seven points. Um, and you know, we actually like FIU in this particular case, eight and a half point underdogs at home. Total on this game, 41 and a half. I do think that's playing into it a little bit. Um, plus 270 on the money line. Uh, ben, what do you think of this game? Yeah, this is one where I just don't really want to back green line at this point in time i would probably just lay off this if it was only me betting at this point in time i know i don't know stone norton hasn't necessarily um you know gained too much confidence from my perspective at this point in time neither quarterback has been all that great from an epa or pff passing grade perspective so maybe we'll just have um you know a little bit of obviously the total of 41.5 is one of the lowest we're going to see in college football coming up here for week 11 so that could play into it but um, I don't think it's necessarily a play where you're trying to back the better quarterback. I think the play basically is you think this is going to be a 41.5 point scoring game and 8.5 points on a low total like that is simply too much to cover at this point in time. So I think that's probably the only viable yeah. option on Florida International, but I definitely don't feel great about uh, using that reasoning to back the Golden Panthers at this point in time. But, you know, I could obviously be talked into it uh, for some Friday night action. Um, but I don't feel great about it. But I do think if we get an under at, you know, 41 and a half, it's going to be really difficult for the Owls to cover eight and a half over a touchdown spread at this point in time. Yeah, that that's really, I think, where where the value lies. And you look at the total, you know, FIU scores a touchdown or two, it's going to be hard to both go under this and uh, for uh, FIU not to cover. Okay. East Carolina, probably, you know, the recipients of one of the biggest screw jobs in the world against uh, Tulsa a couple weeks ago. Um, they go on the road. You know, they come here to Cincinnati to face the Bearcats. The Bearcats, we faded them against SMU. Got, got. We faded them against Memphis. Last week, at least, we were not stupid enough to fade them. They are probably the best group of five team in college football. They're laying 27 and a half points here. Um, is this too many? Is 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 Colton Allers actually good enough? I feel like he's good enough to to make this thing a game. Yeah, right. I mean, it, the question becomes how well do they actually perform against Cincinnati's number one ranked defense, which has been you know basically lights out all year. Um, I don't know. I don't feel great about it. I do think the spread is a little bit too wide. I would feel a lot better if we got out to minus twenty eight. Of course, it doesn't matter a ton at the college football level, some of these key numbers, but I do think at least would um, add enough value to make this a play on Greenland, which is, you know, basically what I'm looking for at this point in time. But I don't know. This is just a spot where Cincinnati, like you said, it, I would have to agree. I mean, there is no other group of five team that's better than them. Um, so I think they're obviously going to be able to get this done. I don't know. I I don't really feel great about backing East Carolina. I can't get behind them at this point in time. I know Holton Harris is, you know, a decent quarterback he does have a positive you know pretty close to a positive epa for pass attempt but i don't know i don't feel great about it at this point can you talk me out of that or not 
No, I mean, Cincinnati is clearly in prove-it mode, right? They're trying to prove to the rest of college football that they belong in the conversation, um, you know, much in a similar way to some of those really good UCF teams were doing it. And, you know, right. if this was a Cincinnati team where they were just defense like they've been in the past, obviously – I could take the points here with East Carolina, but until this thing gets to like, let's say 31 and a half, I'm probably just going to lay off because, you know, the Bearcats are scoring at will. Desmond Ritter is doing a terrific job. So I, I'm probably laying off this one, even, you know, to the degree that like, I don't even think I could bet the over because I don't think that East Carolina is going to be able to score that much. And it, it's, it's unclear to me, like this thing could be 42 seven. And I'm just like, okay, this sucks. So uh, speaking of sucking, <laughs> Buffalo has just scored another touchdown on Miami of Ohio. That one looks basically done. Now we're just sweating out the under 56 there. Um, anyway, we did get the under. We did get the under in Ohio Akron. So that was a yeah, that was a good that one. Was our biggest biggest play on Tuesday at this point in time. So yeah, that uh, was a that was a nice that was a nice get here. Is it is it officially under season or what are we doing here? Because I feel like a lot of the NFL totals, especially, we've kind of been leaning more towards the over. Um, yeah. college maybe not so much well our friend rob Pozzola just in general on twitter yeah. showed that you know over is still the right play in the nfl unfortunately and we haven't been on an under in quite some time we were on an under two weeks ago for a moment in the cleveland green bay games when the weather came in and those did hit so that that is that is reassuring but we've been mostly on overs which have been you know touch and go um you know we had kansas city carolina which was a really good one um you know, but then we've also, you know, we're on uh, Tennessee, uh, Chicago, which was kind of dead uh, on arrival. <laughs> so uh, those are always the worst. Um, we got a push in Washington versus New York because Alex Smith threw a bunch of picks in, in the last part of that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in, in college football, it is under season. Um, you know, those are tough to sweat out, though. Like, the, the unders are the worst because, you know, just from a psychological perspective, you know, you have the endowment effect, right? People like right. betting on things happening, right? And that's why they like laying favorites outside. They like betting overs because at the beginning of the game, you're losing both of those bets. And when they happen, you win them. Whereas unders and underdogs, you're you're winning the bet at the beginning of the game and they generally speaking get taken away from you in the middle of the game. And we hate things getting taken away from us like twice as much as we like getting things. You know, we enjoy getting yeah. things. So that's kind of a, a psychological reason why their value on unders and underdogs um, historically. So anyway, uh, Ben, this is great. It's always fun. Every single Tuesday, just come on here. We haven't had a game on Tuesdays until uh, this week, but it's always fun to just chat football, chat college football. You know, one of our favorite things to do. Thanks, Ben. Um, and for Eric, this is Ben. Enjoy Max and enjoy having football on the TV every single day this week. Take care.